I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Decoding Reality, a decoding TV podcast covering the latest and greatest in reality television. We're back. My name is Justin. And I'm Deja. We're back. You know, you thought you saw The Last of Us when we were covering The Bachelor, but David and his gracious spirit allowed us to cover a different show, and this time we're covering the ultimatum, Queer Love. And I have so many thoughts about this episode, but if you want to hear more of our thoughts on this episode, please keep listening to this feed. Uh, you can find more episodes of this podcast at decodingreality.tv, and please email us all your thoughts. If you are a contestant on the show, please email us, because we have so many questions, and you can find us on TikTok at tiktok.com slash at decodingreality. On today's episode, we are going to go through all four episodes that Netflix has just released. Today is, I guess it's May 25th. So whatever episodes have come out since then, it's just four episodes. And we'll be back next week to cover the rest of the episodes. I think it's three jobs. Yeah, three jobs. So let's get into it. Deja, what did you think just generally of these four episodes and the ultimatum in general? Wow. Um, You know, the second David said, you know, maybe we should cover the show, it made perfect sense. You recently married, living that lovely life, me wanting to see mess, especially if it's queer. It just makes perfect sense. The whole time I was watching with my partner and they saw my reactions, they were like, oh my God, you love mess. And I do. This was truly one of the wildest reality TV shows I've ever watched because I don't think anyone wins. Like just from being there, just by being present here, you lost 
and it's nuts to see them go into it. I'm so curious what your experience was with it. How'd you like it? Okay, so I watched the previous season of The Ultimatum where it wasn't queer love, and that show was completely wild. I think the truest version of a reality show is either the first or second season because people, you, you don't know how much of a game it is until later seasons. People aren't there to gamify it. Notably in the first version of the ultimatum, they didn't know what show they were signing up for. So it created all of these interesting, not yep. It's all these interesting dynamics because, because research into the ultimatum, the first season when Netflix does these reality shows, it's much like a Marvel movie. They keep a lot of things secret, right? And you just sign up for insert Netflix reality show, and then they pick you from there. So a lot of these couples didn't need to give each other an ultimatum, but gave each other one anyway to get on this show, or like because of the premise of the show. And you could see that by how the things like shaped up. There was in the previous season. Uh, there were proposals in right before they picked each other to go like trial wives to like steal each other's from the trial wives. It was a whole thing. Um, it and it's it's wild because I'm always surprised in reality shows when people are surprised by the thing that they signed up for, and that is especially apparent in this second version because now that the ultimatum is out. You know what you're signing up for. And people are always surprised by what they signed up for. Do you know what I mean, Deja? Absolutely. We'll get into it as we go deeper into the episode. But there's one person who is very strictly here for what she signed up for. And Mm. she cannot fathom anyone thinking anything else. So I feel like the varying ways that they've all approached the concept of this show are so clear in how they're interacting. And also the fact that if my partner told me I am so close to being done with you that I'm, I'm considering marrying someone after 21 days to just end this, I would lose my mind. And that's what signing up for this show is. So from the outset, I'm team everybody break up. Everyone break Everybody up. Break Everybody up. break up. Okay. If you came on the show, you do not belong I'm not here. That nihilistic. <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? Okay, okay, okay. Rewind, rewind. I here's the thing. The concept is bonkers. You know what I mean? But all love shows on reality te- television have a dash of polyamory anyway. You know, so it's like you know, it's you it's more clear in this version than in like the bachelor but i don't think people are completely crazy for going on this show i don't i don't because number one if you're in a position where you're so like 50 50 on if like sometimes it's hard to see the forest through the trees when you're so involved in your own mess It's hard to, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's hard to, like, uh, see what else or see what other options could be, you know? Like, and this gives you an opportunity to, like, completely remove yourself from your partner in, like, a kind of safe way. 
and see if this is possible. It's like a, a we were on a break, but fun. <laughs> but organized, we were on a break. You know what I mean? So I don't think it's completely terrible. Still a bad idea. Unbelievably bad idea. Especially if you don't like your partner flirting with anyone else. Or at least sleeping with the other people. Exactly. You know I mean? See, this is why I always like that it should end in engagement over marriage. I always really? like when you take it just a step. If it was only engagement, I think I could be more for this show. And more saying, like... They're agreeing to spend maybe a year with someone who's not you versus like, yeah, give them 21 days and they will be over you. Hopping over the broom done with you. I can't. That's nuts for me. (laughs) Is there a reality show you would go on? A reality show I would go on. Yeah. Jeopardy. That's All right. <laughs> if it was a dating reality show, I would go on Are You the One? Because at Are least I could one? sit there and try oh. and do the math. I think I would kill those challenges. Like, I could definitely represent. And I would be just detached enough to recognize, like, sorry, some test we took before coming in here didn't put, match us together. But these people, they, they don't have an ounce of. It's some classic yeah. queer U-hauling all throughout this season, and I'm not mad at it. Really? Okay. Um, we're still in initial thoughts about this episode, but um, what I'm curious from a queer person's perspective, how is this different from heterosexual dating shows? I think one of the clearest things about how it was different was how immediately you're seeing people like, categorize a little bit like i think heterosexual dating shows are very much into just like man want pretty woman woman want big man and here you're seeing people immediately go like okay i'm not usually into mask people but i'm into you and it's like trying to kind of understand and for better or for worse as much as the queer community tries and continues to try and i think will succeed in moving away from labels those are such helpful identifiers in figuring out who else is like you that it also is a helpful identifier for figuring out, do I like your type of person? And so I feel like you immediately heard that coming up in there. And then also just like the questions of like, are you a top or a bottom? We'll figure that out later. Like there's also just logistics. There are simple logistics Logistics. (laughs) and, and there's also archetypes, you know? We're not using the same straight girl archetypes anymore. And the characters that are popping up out of this are something else. Something else. The ghost of Bumble Past. (laughs) The ghost of Bumble. Okay. Okay. Here's my, here's my thing. I was shocked that of how much like people categorize themselves so quickly. Like, like, genuinely shocked because there was a moment where uh one contestant was talking to another contestant and they're like i think uh, i think it was lexi and uh, it was someone else and they're like well i'm a capricorn and i'm a virgo yeah this is not gonna work out like what (laughs) it's like simultaneously like surface level but they know exactly what they want and also correct like please give me insight on this it shocked me how quickly people were 
I guess, um, I guess fell into roles that mirror heterosexual relationships and not like man and woman, but they use the words provider and providee, recipient and receiver, and how that, like, they defined it was so fascinating to me. Because once they did that, put themselves in the receivee and the receiver role, it quickly fell, the couples quickly fell into place from there. And I don't think I've ever seen that before. You know what I mean, Deja? Is that I, is that normal? I think there's something like really interesting that my partner said when we were watching this about a couple contestants, where it was like, that's the type of queer person who would sign up for this dating show. And I think that because as we've talked about in other podcasts and other episodes of Decoding Reality, even, there is a way that reality shows have to kind of pitch to like the lowest common denominator do not make anyone mad that there's a little bit of all americanness that has to be inside things and so i think even in queerness there's a little bit of defaulting to like heterosexual norms that is involved in the people who get chosen for this sort of thing and that's just a matter of internalized homophobia or just the fact of like you're exposed to this to such a high degree that you haven't yet interrogated where that's coming from. But I think it's also interesting that... Sorry. I think it's also interesting that in the same way that they were using those words provider and providee, and immediately it was like this kind of patriarchal thing coming. I think it's interesting and says something about patriarchy that in those moments... That's what was called to mind. But in the moments where some of the couples who got together were talking about shared responsibility, building balance, fostering unity, patriarchy did not come to mind at all. And that tells us a whole lot about this world we're living in. <laughs> Good things or bad things? Because now I'm worried. <laughs> I'm just going to keep shaking my head. Oh, gosh. I... I- I have to know your thoughts about the episode, but we are going to take a quick break for our sponsor and we'll be back with more Decoding Reality right after this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. And we are back with Decoding Reality. I hope you enjoyed that ad break. And now we are going to deep dive into the episode moment by moment, and not necessarily moment by moment. We're going to cover the episodes generally, one by one, one, two, three, and four. And please, if you haven't watched these four episodes, spoilers ahead. So first episode, we meet these couples. And I have a lot of thoughts about each couple, and I know you do too, Deja, but the couples come in as Vanessa and Xander, Yoli and Mal, Ray and Lexi, and Mildred and Tiff. And we're going to go one by one about what we think is about the. Oh, and Ozzy and Sam. Can't forget about that. They were the last couple. <laughs> but it's important to note, Netflix did not provide pronouns for these contestants. We did some Instagram digging to see if they were accurate about what they were. But if you know what their pronouns are, if you're a contestant on the show and you know what your pronouns are, please let us know if we get them wrong. We will happily correct ourselves in the next episode. But let's start off with Vanessa and Xander. Deja, what'd you think about this couple who like met in high school, I believe? What'd you think? Vanessa and Xander had just a tragic cloud around them. I feel like the second that you see that kind of archetype of like, you know, they met in high school, their boyfriends were best friends. You kind of have to wonder, are you together because you choose to be all the time or because you're just used to be? And the fact that they've gotten to this point, it sounds like you're just used to being together. Um, They came in and their comfort together was really clear. Their friendship, their care for each other, all of those were really clear. But do I think that that's necessarily enough for them to be married? I don't think so. What did you think about them? Well, it, I thought it was... I have... A lot of my notes have to do with Vanessa. <laughs> Get ready. A lot of my notes have to do yeah. with Vanessa. And, um, let me say this first. Xander wants to be married. Van, Xander gave the ultimatum. But Vanessa doesn't want to be tied down. Xander also wants children. Xander doesn't mind carrying the children. But this is my first note of what I said earlier about provider and providee. Uh, dynamics playing a part in a relationship. Because I think this is going to sound mean. And I don't want it to. I think Vanessa's Desire to be desired is playing a lot in this show. And people can tell, and I certainly could tell. Deja, do you get what I'm throwing down? Yeah, it seems like to Vanessa, there's just a degree of having options, being secure, not having to devote themselves to anything, but being able to have Xander devoted to them. Exactly. And that's, it's, 
I think also I know I know uh, everyone get out your <laughs> uh, screen studies bingo cards because we're going to discuss race because <laughs> I think race played the biggest part in these four episodes and a little reality TV history black people and generally contestants of color do not do well on reality TV we are not portrayed in the best light. But in the ultimatum queer love, the contestants of color had a lot more power and a lot more vocabulary to call out the toxic behaviors that Vanessa was distributing. And we'll get into that later in the episode. But you can see hints of that right here when Vanessa's like, I don't want to be tied down. I kind of want to do whatever I want. You know what I mean? But let's move on to the second couple. Deja, who who were the second couple? The next couple that was interesting for me was Sam and Aussie. They came in later, but I think I want to talk about them now. Oh, okay. We're going out of order. Yeah. Oh, no. What were your okay, thoughts on them? <sighs> okay. I think... Okay. I, ha- I have some undeveloped thoughts. Um, I think... Ozzy is older, and I think that plays a part in, um, please, please check me if this, if I'm off base, but I think queer couples who were queer before the legalization of gay marriage or who existed before the time of gay marriage have a very different way of doing things than the couples in the show that were, weren't around for that. And I think that's most apparent in Ozzy, you know, <laughs> cause just to compare like people like Vanessa and Ozzy, who's like, doesn't want to be tied down, who has a lot of options and stuff like that. Mind you, Ozzy was issued the ultimatum, you know, and I feel as though, Ozzy's fine in this pattern of like I have my person, I'm having my couple. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm. De- this is gonna sound terrible, but she's or they. We don't know Ozzy's pronouns yet, but they are chill where they're at. Like right now, they don't have to progress. They don't have to do anything extra. They don't have you know. And I can see how that can be frustrating. You know what I mean, Deja? Yeah, absolutely. I saw Aussie as like the other side of the Vanessa coin, where they both see that final step of marriage is just being like a push off a cliff a little bit. But one, because they want the kind of freedom to just have the person as a backup plan. And the other almost because it's like, no, I want to stay with you and have leaving as a backup plan really, is what it seems like. Because Aussie did say that uh, they want to live together for five years before making the commitment of marriage. It's like, you want to be with this person, but you're making it so hard to get to that one line. Five years. So, Aussie is 40 when this show started, right? So, Sam's 31 and Aussie's 42. Interesting. Okay. I I want to be real with you. Ozzy was one of my favorite contestants because I don't want anything bad to happen to Ozzy. Ozzy was so sweet and kind until they didn't pick up around the house. But that's another story. I was just rooting for Ozzy because Ozzy was so sweet and nice. Couldn't hurt a fly. 
<laughs> but she was about to get beat down by later in the episode because apparently Ozzy also fall, fell into the provider and providee role, but wasn't providing anything into the relationship. That's a spoiler for episode four. <laughs> but did you like Ozzy and Sam? Do you like them? Are you rooting for them? In the beginning, seeing them, they looked so cute and loving. They looked and acted and operated like a married couple. So for them, I kind of felt Mm. like, you know what? If this is what it takes to get Aussie to just like wake up, smell the roses, go get your bride. If that's what it takes, fine. Um, I think my opinions, like I said, I end these four episodes on team everybody break up. 100% break up rate. Okay. Um, so we'll have to talk about that as we go. Uh, what's the next couple that was okay. kind of catching your eye? I have so many thoughts on Yoli and Mao, who met during Pride, because I'm going to be real with you. Mao had the best style of this entire show. You had the leather jacket. You had the hat. Mao. Who is your stylist? Impeccable wardrobe, you know? But Maul wants to have a plan before getting married. And I relate to that, too. And I'm always extra invested in any black contestant that goes on a reality show. Because I'm like, please be safe. Please don't do anything stupid. Please don't fall into the trap, you know? But Yoli is wondering what the holdup is, you know? Yoli, uh, I think... uh, uh, Mal had a great quote about Yoli. Mal said, Yoli falls in love wherever she's watering grass at. And I was like, damn, okay. Um, why isn't Yoli watering your grass then? You know, that's not an innuendo, but it sounded like one. But, you know, I- I'm sensing you have a lot of thoughts about Mal, Deja. Well, first on what you said about Yoli, I think what Mal was saying was less of like, you know, she's not watering my grass as much as it was. If her attention moves away from me, that's it. Mm. Wherever her attention is, her love is. Um, And knowing that there hasn't been some cataclysmic thing from past relationships, it's just been that they were everything. It was great. And I left. I can imagine how, terrifying that would be for mal honestly but saying you want to have money for the kids school before you can get married is hundreds of thousands of dollars there's no way like that's like saying when pigs fly at this point i thought we all agreed as gen z and millennials that we were not gonna be able to do that stuff i I thought i thought we gave up so, okay. I do relate to Mal. I do relate to Mal a little bit because I had I had a plan to being like we have to do XYZ before I can like I can fully commit myself to someone. You know what I mean? I I I do see where that's coming from because you want to be the best person you can be. So you can bring that to a relationship, you know? No one wants to, like, go into a relationship and drag it down or have their problems affect, you know what I mean? These are things you should consider before moving in with someone, you know what I mean? Do I have enough money to pay the rent? I think that's a good thought to have and a good concern to have, you know? Um, 
But what people who think like Mal always forget is that there is also an opportunity to grow together as a couple. You know, a lot of people, because uh, a lot of men have that same thought of like, I got to have the six-figure job. I got to have this, that, and the other. And that is a good thing to have. So you can take part, your partner out to dates and stuff like that. But like, there is the option to grow together. A lot of times, like boys and men will, uh, I guess, say to their partner, female partners, you deserve better. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just not good enough for you. Da, 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 da. You know what I mean? Like, when reality, bro, she's already with you. <laughs> she's already putting up with it. And she's willing to grow with you. And you are missing that. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense, Daisha? Or am I just talking out of my ass? No, absolutely. <laughs> I think what got me for Mal coming in, because I felt really sympathetic for them. What got me coming in was like, if it's gotten to the point that your partner wants to sign up for the show, maybe you need to be a little bit flexible. Maybe you need to reconsider what's going on because clearly things have gotten to an insane position that I felt like as sympathetic as I was, I was like, okay, there's some kind of inflexibility here. And I don't think in episode one, I could tell where it was coming from. Really? You couldn't tell? Okay. I think Uh I could figure... I think there's something beneath the wanting to get ready something beneath the money it's like why do you not want to marry this person when it's up to this point Mm, spoiler alert okay i don't think she love her i don't think they love (gasps) yeah i do not think mal loves yoli truly deeply romantically with intent for marriage no Mal, if you're listening to this, I'm rooting for you. I'm because because you're one of us. You're representing us. You know, Mal, us. I'm rooting no for way. you to <laughs> grow in your own regard in another relationship. Yeah. Deja. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> we'll get to that when we get there. But um, let's talk about another couple. Um, Ray and Lexi. Yeah. What did you? What are your thoughts about Ray and Lexi so far? So. Ray and Lexi, they met through booty call. Ray tried to booty call Lexi. Um, And now they've been together for over three years. I think it's kind of... It's kind of funny that on the one end, they met that way. But then on the other hand, you have Lexi's mom being like a wedding planner. Her dad is a jeweler. Was like, I know what I want. Um, And Lexi was also one of the younger ones at 24. So this was one with like an extremely strong pull from booty call to marriage. And I feel like to me, it just came off as a couple that just wasn't on the same page, period. How did you feel? And how'd you feel about Ray in particular? I, okay. So I started off this series hating Lexi first episode. I'm like, get her off the screen. And then I became Lexi's biggest fan where Lexi if stands in this house. Lexi has a fan club. It is me. If Lexi has no fans, I am dead. Lexi, ride or motherfucking die. Because she, Lexi's a real one. Um, but Ray? I think I think Ray needs to nut up or shut up. You know, I just think Ray doesn't like Lexi that much. 
And I don't think there's, I don't think there's any like malicious or intent, intent or like crazy. You know what I mean? I think Ray is scared of Lexi. Uh, scared of disappointing Lexi, scared of like making Lexi mad, and that is the driving force of Ray's. That's Ray's decisions in these four episodes. How will this make Lexi feel, right? And if that means uh, I have to tell Lexi what I did last night, so Lexi isn't mad at me, <laughs> I have to go on this show, so Lexi isn't mad at me. You know what I mean? I think that's driving a lot of the decision-making. You know what I mean, Deja? What'd you think? I think Ray comes in and they seem so calm and quiet. It's like they kind of don't want to be noticed. You're on a reality TV show, but it seems like you would rather like be holding the camera than ever be in front of it. And just having that energy come off of someone and then the way that they just seemed to kind of acquiesce themselves to whatever was going on, whatever Lexi kind of seemed to do, except marriage. It just feels like this person who found a really strong personality and maybe doesn't have to, doesn't have to do too much, but does that mean they want to commit for life? I don't think so. Ooh, okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Lexi, if you're watching this, you're a real one for that. You're a real one. <laughs> um, Ray, I, I don't think Ray deserves to be hated or anything like that. I just think Ray just doesn't like Lexi that much. Ray's just doing life, trying their best. Let's talk about a couple that I actually do hate. Mm. And that's Mildred and Tiff. I, I can't. If I have to hear the go. word spicy one more time... Okay, okay. Let me let me get on my soapbox real quick. Bloop, bloop. I think I don't know what Tiff's uh, ethnicity is or race is, but something is going on where the way they are talking to Mildred is just, or the way they address Mildred is not okay. Because number one, number one, number fucking one, the spicy comments are out of control. Absolutely not. You do not need to be calling a Latinx woman spicy every two seconds. Number two. Tiff met Mildred through the hashtag, what was it, lesbian Latinas on Instagram. Yep. You know, we all got to meet people somehow, some way. But you, you were looking through the hashtag, Tiff. Tiff is thirsty. Thirsty AF. Okay. That's cool. That's that's. You know, that's fine. In Tiff's um, own words, not thirsty, but a little parched. It's actually thirsty, Tiff. Parched. I have to notify you. <laughs> thirsty. It's just... I don't think Tiff has the best intentions for anyone besides themselves. Or is willing to compromise for anyone besides themselves. Tiff, constantly, through these four episodes, how does this affect me? How does this make my situation better, and they could not care about the other person's feeling at all. And that is demonstrated right here in the beginning with Mildred. There is one big uh, thing. And Mildred, yes. And when Mildred wants to make the decision of giving the ultimatum of get married, I don't know. I don't, I've, you know, I don't think Tiff is willing to give that, that control, you know? Um, they do have the first Netflix sex scene in a reality show. I don't know if 
you saw that too? I was like, this is, I don't know if it's the first, but I was like, goodness gracious. Because I watched this at 7 o'clock in the morning. I was like, goodness gracious. Over my breakfast? In front of my salad? <laughs> Only real ones will remember the reference. <laughs> they were uh, but, dying yeah, to get that ahead. opportunity. The first chance they got. Um, there is one thing, though, that Tiff casually mentioned that I was like, oh, ex- excuse me? You do what? Said all the times when we break up. They've been together a year, almost two years, actually, and they break up yeah, multiple man. times. Uh, Tiff said that sometimes even just for hours, Mildred will break up and change their mind. So at this point, I also just want to know what's up with Mildred. Um, because ultimately, they are leaning into the fiery Latina thing. They mention it themselves. Even in the previews for the next set of episodes, they're saying things as well. And... Are you using fiery when what you mean is not a great communicator who flies off the handle? I don't know. And I think we're honestly yet to find out. But this couple, again, team, everybody break up. You, If you're breaking up that often, just make the next one permanent. <laughs> next one permanent. I could. I, they do not need to be together at all. There's someone out there for Mildred 100%. It's not, it's, I, it's, I guarantee it's not Tiff. And I guarantee it's not Ozzy. <laughs> we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> so let's actually talk about episode one. Deja, what did you think of just in general after we meet all these couples, after they're getting to know each other? What did you think of episode one in general of the ultimatum? I was surprised by how quickly I was team breakup. I didn't think I was going to get that fast to just be like, no, these are bad relationships. But I think you make really good points about them knowing what the show is. Because now just the choice to be there is so telling. And it's so... It's hard to be sympathetic in some ways for people who are clearly not being fucking for real. Just BFFR. That's all we're asking. Um, So I think they did do a big disservice by not kind of tricking these people into the show. Uh, that said, do I see all the, you know, all the good soil and plants for some nice queer U-hauling to sprout? Absolutely. You could see the second people were <laughs> catching on to each other and just falling for it. Sometimes looking more at, you know, lower parts than eyes. But we can only wish for better focus. Interesting. Interesting. (laughs) I will say this. I will say this. It was a breath of fresh air coming from from a show like The Bachelor and how straight women on The Bachelor are not used to pursuing people in relationships. And it was a breath of fucking fresh air to see people pursue, women pursue relationships, make decisions, like, you know, have opinions in a way. They weren't, some women were like waiting to like for people to come to them and then didn't work out for them, but people were actively dating each other. And that was, that caused so much more mayhem and (laughs) harder decisions to be made, you know? Like, and you get to see these 
these women, particularly Vanessa, and their game. Because Vanessa uses the same line and same tactic on two different women. Lame. Lame. It's okay. I think it's when I think Vanessa is talking to Ray and Lexi. I think it is. Like, or and Mal. It was like, oh my gosh, I'm just so shocked that I'm attracted to you. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe like we're on a date. Like, I would never have guessed us being on a date. And then she kept saying it. I was like, oh my gosh. Vanessa has no game. And this is where I became a hater. Did, were you also a hater, Deja? <laughs> I feel like Vanessa not only has no game, but it's really clear that she's playing a game. That, like, you're not to be taken seriously. You're not a serious candidate. And I think one of the fun parts about this show, despite all of the nonsense, is that this is what being queer in, like, a small area is like. You have, like, two seconds before you just end up dating somebody's ex. Justin, have you seen the L word? No. You you asked it the wrong. I was just as you took a sip of water. water. (laughs) Um, no, I have not uh, seen the L word. I didn't think it was uh, for me, but (laughs) that's a side plot. In a way, it's for no one, and in another way, it's for everyone. Who's to say? But there's a thing in the L word, I can't remember what it's called, I think it's just called the map, but they just link people by names, all the lesbians in LA, by names, who fucked who, who did what, and it ends up being this interconnected map of incestuous everything. And that's what the show is, it's just smaller. So I feel like Vanessa is kind of that person who's going around and they already have bad reviews. Like, you know who they've dated and you know how it went. And it's just best to stay away. Just mind your business. I think, okay, we're still talking about episode one, but this is slight spoilers for the future episodes. I think in if this show was made, I don't know if it's possible, 10 years ago, Vanessa's number one. Vanessa is the person with the most Instagram followers. Vanessa is not the villain. Vanessa's the hero. Ten years ago, and the I way don't think queer people like Vanessa's. Really? No. Okay. Okay. See, this is the insight that I'm looking for. It's straight like, men like Vanessa's, and so straight women want to be Vanessa's. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's. My problem with Vanessa was that, number one, we're on this show, and number one, she has no game. <laughs> number two, she just, I think she really just wants to be desired. You know, I don't, there was a point, well, the slight spoilers for the future of this episode, where she's in bed with the person who she picked to be her trial wife, and uh, she makes a joke, like, like, oh, what are we supposed to do? Like, fall in love? You know? And then they're like, isn't that the point? <laughs> and then Vanessa's like, no! <laughs> that tells you everything you need to know about Vanessa. I, I'm i a hater. I'm sorry. Wear some sunscreen, Vanessa, because you're getting cooked in this episode. I'm so sorry. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to episode two. 
And this is the episode where the couples get to go on dates with each other. They're cross-mingling, they're talking to other couples, etc., etc. The episode does start with a date with Lexi and Vanessa. And Lexi issued the ultimatum, but she's not thinking about Ray at all. And Ray is also pursuing Vanessa. Deja, what did you think of this, like, weird triangle thing at the beginning of episode two? It's so gay. It's so gay. <laughs> I, so as, as long-time listeners know, I moved from New York to Glasgow. So the queer scene, just huge and then shrunk. Um, and every interaction that involved Vanessa reminded me of a night that some friends went to a bar in Edinburgh and realized almost everyone had an ex there. It's like, Vanessa, every time you are around, somehow you are the worst version of someone. You are reminding everyone of their ex. And now you're dating two of them. Her vibes were horrendous 150% of the time. (laughs) Really? And that's why I love Lexi. That's why I love Lexi. On their second date, they go out together, they're drinking, and that's when Lexi really realizes that Vanessa is just a load of crap. Where Lexi says, excuse me, Vanessa says that they know Xander will not end up with anyone else because Xander has said that they would pretty much be asexual if not for Vanessa. And that makes Lexi realize that for Vanessa, there are no stakes to this. They feel like they can return to their exact same world at the end of this because there's no risk. There's no challenge. They just get a three-week vacation from being in a relationship. And at first, I was like, okay, Lexi, but you're jumping to conclusions. Well, you know what, Lexi, I'm jumping with you. I can, wherever you're going, I'm going to. It's a Titanic. Yep. (laughs) It is, it it is, I I think, is this still in episode two? It's the the astounding way Lexi read Vanessa for filth so accurately, like to a T. And like Vanessa, maybe this is like Netflix editing because Vanessa can't combat that. She didn't even deny it. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, aren't I like the prettiest girl here or whatever? And it's like, gosh, dang, this is white privilege in action right here. <laughs> because in any other scenario, I think people would be like, oh, Vanessa's like the hot tamale here, you know? And I I don't, I, I'm, I'm careful because I don't want to beat up on a real person. You know I mean, I'm not trying to beat up or come down so hard on Vanessa. But man, if there is another explanation for the words that came out of your mouth, please tell us Vanessa because they look so bad. Especially, do you feel bad for Xander at any point? Because Vanessa was so out of pocket. I feel bad for Xander at a couple of points. And I think that something that in a way straight people should contend with more. Um mm-hmm that queer people I think more often contend with is like, what is my sexuality outside of this relationship? Like, how do I exist? Mm. Where are my attractions? What are my wants and desires outside of just like what we've agreed to within the two of us? And it kind of feels like 
in knowing, oh, well, Xander would never want anyone or believing that because really you can't, it's not like a fixed thing just because they predict that that might be how they react. Um, But it feels like Vanessa is kind of weaponizing that knowing and that knowledge as a safety net for herself instead of just wholly respecting Xander and also respecting this is somebody who's really asking me to get married. seems like they're just using this for, again, three-week vacation from being in a relationship. Man, I think that's exactly right. But speaking of the other couples in this scenario, we have Xander, who is very interested in Yoli. And Xander wants to have children. Excuse me. But Yoli really wants to... Wants to take someone to Pound Town. If you know what I mean? Like, it was very, Yoli's very forward. And apparently, Yoli and Mal didn't like connect that often in that way. So, Yoli's itching to get going. But I want to talk about this move that Xander keeps doing. And that's the physical touch move. And maybe it's because I don't like touching people just in general. But, like, Xander was in everybody's space. Is that a move? Is that a normal move? I think Xander's just a cuddly person. I really couldn't tell you. I think (laughs) Xander's just cuddly. I I just don't go out of my way to touch people like that. Maybe because I'm not dating anymore. But, like, it's... I was like, the whole hand-holding thing while they're just talking and gazing each other's eyes. I was like, very forward. Very forward. And they make all the eye contact. And they do the thing where, like, you want to kiss someone and you do, like, the up, down, and the lip bite and the lip lick, whatever it's called. Like, it's like. (laughs) That was a terrifying (laughs) demonstration (laughs) for the viewers at home. Podcast listeners, you are in for a treat if you want the video version. (laughs) But it's, 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 it's just too much for me. Too much for me but that's just me you know it was Um, a lot but yoli did want someone sexual so they seemed to really enjoy that about each other they really clicked in that sense even just by discussing it um xander did say something weird that vanessa wanted them each to have their own biological kids and to view them as their own separate kids nuttiest Mm. red flag i've ever heard to say you would have kids together but just make sure legally one's mine and one's yours that's like just handing them the divorce papers on your wedding night insane behavior (laughs) also a a side note this is a a interesting anecdote right because i have i have queer friends who talk about uh caring children um apparently the best scenario for queer couples is if one has a child biologically, the other partner needs to adopt that child officially because the the laws change from state to state so much. You could be legally, legally not that kid's parent. And you would have no rights, even though you brought help bring that child into the world. So please, queer couples, if you're listening, adopt your children as well. <laughs> but mind you, back to the episode. Um, 
I think I think it stems from back or stems back to Vanessa wanting control. Vanessa wanting to be desired. You have a kid, I have a kid, so we can like break up just in case this doesn't work out. You know what I mean? It's like <sighs> red flag city. Looking like sick flags over there. But this episode does end with the famous dinner table where the couples get to choose, right? And it does end on a cliffhanger, but we'll skip that because here are the choices that people pick. And if you're listening to this, please helpful to pull up like their Instagrams, pull up their pictures. It would be helpful for this. But Ray, who was with Lexi, chooses Vanessa. And they choose each other. Mal, who was with Yoli, is now choosing Lexi. They choose each other. Ozzy then chooses Mildred. And they choose each other. Which leaves Sam and Tiff. But before Sam is about to choose Tiff, Mildred runs away off the stage. Uh, Sam or Tiff starts crying, but eventually Sam chooses Tiff. And one of the more interesting part about this section is that when Mildred runs away, Tiff goes after Mildred and they make out a little bit. (laughs) And I think it calls back to Mildred being like, Tiff wants sex to solve all of our problems, which is weird because when you're about to choose someone else and I don't think Sam was really into Tiff or Tiff was really into Sam to begin with. It feels a lot like they were like the last people to like choose each other. Last one's picked for kickball. So exactly. (laughs) What did you think of this new arrangement with the couples, Deja? Right. So the new couples are Ray and Vanessa, Lexi and Mal, Aussie and Mildred, Sam and Tiff, and Yoli and Xander. Um, I was a fan of Yoli and Xander. I kind of thought it was cute. Like, I could see them being a couple I would see and be like, yo, how'd y'all end up together? But you're kind of cute. Partially because Xander is so cuddly that they just always look like Mm. they are two koala bears that got stuck. Um, (laughs) Sam and Tiff was tragic, of course. Uh, Aussie and Mildred, all right. But for me, the big drama was just Mal. I'm sorry. The big drama was Vanessa. (laughs) Vanessa. Right. (laughs) Vanessa was called out at the table for just not taking this experiment seriously. And immediately we saw that kind of dynamic that you pointed out, Justin, where the women of color came in with more, I should say people of color, so we're positive on gender identities. Netflix, please change that. We would like to know how to properly mm-hmm. address people. Um, but these people of color had a better ability to communicate what was happening, the dynamic they were seeing, and the effect it was having, than the other contestants, to the point that I felt like Xander... Jumped in to defend Vanessa, but in a way was taking hits they didn't deserve. They were coming to be a shield for somebody who's hurting them in the first place. And it's like, you actually should just listen. Listen, this is not, (laughs) 
This is not an angry black person, spicy Latina. This is not they're mad. There's something actually wrong here. And I feel like it's just so much easier to dismiss that. And you saw this instant reflexive reaction where they were just like, okay, I understand you want to defend. It's just like the handholding of like, come on, you were hurt, actually. Mm-hmm. You just don't know that yet. It's. I'm so glad that we now have the language to call out that behavior. And how, like, I don't know, reality TV has upgraded to this point where it's like, we all know what Vanessa is doing right now. And we all know the power dynamics of what's happening here. My main, I guess, not issue, but concern is that Ray still chose Vanessa after all of that mess. When everyone called out Vanessa and was like, we see what you're doing. You're not invested in this. You're not here for the right reasons, which would be deadly in any other reality dating show. In The Bachelor, if someone says you're not here for the right reasons, boom, instantly gone for you barely like get your suitcase on the way out. You're gone. But on this, there's no threat of elimination. And Ray, is Ray okay with it? Do you think Ray is okay with it? I'm not sure where Ray's head is at, you know? It's honestly hard to gauge. It kind of seems like Ray, especially as we go through this episode in the fourth episode, Ray's in this position of being like, who do I trust? I thought I liked you. But it is hard to look around at that table and ignore all of those voices at once. Everyone was coming for Vanessa if they had Mm. an interaction. Um, So I think Ray's just honestly trying to not hate these three weeks, but still be very real about who is this person sitting across from me. Um, But while we're on the topic of race, I feel like Lexi and Mal ending up together had a kind of interesting conversation about race. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. I'm so glad you brought this up. I'm really glad because Lexi says previously, I've never dated a mask person before. And number two, Lexi hasn't dated a black person before. And maybe I'm reading too much into this. But I do think that is interesting that the most femme-presenting person ended up with a very a, a very masked person. And black people are, and especially black women, um, or black people who are assigned female at birth, are over-masculinized. You know, I think it's interesting that they ended up with each other. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? I was like, yeah, I think... Huh. Interesting. That comment did stick out to me. I think it's also interesting that you found Lexi to be the most uh, feminine person because I actually felt like a few of them were pretty femme. Um, Lexi, you know what? They address it directly in the episode, and I think we should address it directly here. Lexi has really big breasts. Okay. I wasn't going to say that. And you know, that's a big factor here. I was looking Not to say a big factor. Lexi. I was looking at that. <laughs> Lexi, we were focused here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, it's it, it. Okay, it's when I said most feminine person, I was 
I, I was doing a slight reference to. You were trying your best. Lexi right now. <laughs> Lexi, from what we've seen on the show, is <laughs> is um, most adherent to European beauty standards. Blonde, large yes. breasts, you know, uh, very feminine, you know. And since black people, especially black people who are assigned female birth, uh, are over masculinized, masculinized, Jesus Christ. Uh, it's interesting that even in the ultimatum queer love, those things still drew to each other. You know what I mean? I believe I, I to like, some oh, degree, okay. Mal chose Lexi the moment they laid eyes on their breast. And not a second <laughs> sooner, not a second later. I think that Mal's a bit of a player. But what really got me was what Mal said about race. Where, you know, they have that conversation and immediately it's like, uh, so have you dated anyone black? And Lexi goes, no. But the first thing I saw about you was that your mask. And the thing is, in my experience, Mm. being black and mask and queer is that a lot of times to a lot of white queer people... Mask and black mean almost the same thing. So while Mal took it as this quick, like, oh, like, it's fine. You didn't even see that about me. You don't see color. Mal, please wake up. Like, get out. But what you're really hearing is like, so the first thing they noticed about you is still this this outward presentation. I think even if it wasn't race related, if the first thing they noticed about you is just your level of gender presentation in one way or another is kind of off, but I don't think that's that different. Um, And I think that if you're really Mm -hmm. paying attention, you realize that's how you meet a lot of white queer people who are going to treat you like a stereotype or an archetype more than a person. Only for Mal to say, I was always going to choose you. Mal said, I know you better than 99% of the people in the world. Mal you not to be my jamaican self but you just want pum pum that's all it is it's wild that they said that in front of their ex-partner mal is a player and this is what i mean about the archetypes because the second mal walked in i was like oh you're gonna cause trouble i know the exact type of queer person you are and you are gonna cause trouble really? and immediately they were just like okay, okay. forget forget my partner i found something new is it fair to say Mal, we, we love you we love you we love you but since we're since we're all since we're all black here is mal does mal have light skin tendencies <laughs> yes the thing is mal <laughs> If Mal walked into almost any queer club, they would be doing really well. But the problem is how much they know that and how much they use that. Um, I think they're having a great time with Lexi. But again, I think that they saw Lexi. They saw Lexi's body. They knew they could have them. Suddenly, they know him better than 99% of the world. Staring does not give you knowledge. Yo... (laughs) Lexi, you're in danger, girl. You're in danger. 
<laughs> um, I don't have that many thoughts about the other couples in episode three. Uh, oh, wait. No, I do. I do. I need to talk about Tiff and this damn dog. Because what the, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it might have happened in episode four. But um, Tiff and this dog. Okay. So Tiff and Sam are living together, right? Because that's the next part of this experiment. You pick each other and then you have a trial marriage period with your new trial wife, you know? And so uh, the main issue in Tiff and Sam's relationship is that Tiff adamantly, under no circumstances, will let the dog sleep on the floor. The dog has to sleep in the joint bed. This is weird behavior to me. Weird behavior. Because number one, it's weird that this is a deal breaker. Because number one, they just met. It may have been like maybe a week to like end the forces on someone. I love how Tiff is like, I just feel like you're not compromising. Like, you just met. You just met, especially because some people don't want to sleep. Dog beds exist for a reason, Tiff. Is it really that much of a deal breaker to get into a yelling fight over the dog sleeping in the bed? And then, like, the where uh, Tiff is talking to producers, like, if you don't like my dog, you got to get the fuck out. I don't know. I didn't hear Sam say that for one second. One second. It, this is weird behavior, right, Deja? Is this weird? Absolutely. I feel like... One of the things with Tiff that stuck out in these interactions was just a little bit of that using therapy speak, but not acting like you listen in therapy. There'd be a lot of kind of trying to like localize feelings in the body and like, oh, I wasn't feeling that here or I'm feeling this right here now. Um, during that argument, I wasn't really in my body. And it's like, okay, so you're starting to maybe ask those questions and hopefully these things you're saying are genuine, but are you doing anything about it? It's like those people who'll be like, yeah, I'm just, I'm tough to please. Okay, but can you be kinder to people? Um, Just kind of meet your level of awareness with some change in the same way Tiff is not willing to change for that. They're not willing to change for Sam. They're not willing to have any conversation. I mean, in my head, I also clock that Tiff feels like Tiff is ready to cheat too ready to get out of this relationship anyway. So it also feels like this argument was just Tiff looking for something to be wrong with Sam. Because I I don't think that we can, I don't think they really chose each other. Like, like you said, they were the last in pickball. And that kind of bleeds over into episode four, especially with Ozzy and Mildred's relationship. Remember how we talked about like the receiver and the receivee, the provider and the providee? You can see that crystal clear with Ozzy and Mildred. Deja, what do you think about this couple? Yeah, I mean, one of the weird things about Ozzy and Mildred throughout the first three episodes is that Ozzy, after like three days, was like, I changed my mind. I actually could get married. In fact, I could marry you specifically. Um, which immediately. <sighs> I can see how in that context it felt encouraging for Mildred, but there's a level where I want you to think if their mind was changed that quickly, how quickly will it change back to, no, no, that's too much. 
And that's really part of what we see in episode four, that the more they kind of start to be around each other, be domestic, actually realize this thought, the more Aussie clams up. And especially once it's like the meet the friends. It's kind of like Aussie cannot actually accept the real life element of it, um, which definitely brings a new thought into what their relationship with Sam probably was. But what did you think about kind of Mildred's gripes with Aussie? Um, it's interesting how like this, so many heterosexual people have the exact same argument. You know, not that I was expecting something completely different from queer love, but I was like, oh, really? You're having the same argument? It's interesting, like, the the femme-presenting one and the mask-presenting one are still in those roles. But um, it also felt like... Uh, I'm also giving Ozzy the benefit of the doubt because they're still trying to learn each other's patterns and movements. Especially because, like, you don't know what is expected in just i think this is only last this only last 2 weeks you know i know that's like <sighs> i want to give ozzy the benefit of the doubt that once maybe ozzy knows what's going on or mildred's concerns and how upset mildred is about the cleaning and the cooking etc hopefully ozzy can do better hopefully because i'm a fan ozzy was adorable but <laughs> Hopefully. Do you, do you also give Ozzy the benefit of the doubt or no? I think from this, I just get the vibe that Ozzy has issues with the concept of marriage, period. And yeah, until they true. deal with that, their presence here, they don't seem like a bad person. They kind of seem like they're a little bit adrift in this whole thing. Because at the end of the day, none of this is going to fix whatever stuff they have in their background about marriage. But I'm interested to see if this experiment will make them realize some of those things or put them into any kind of clarity, whether it's through their own realization or somebody calling them out. Um, I think it's possible. I think we have a similar kind of thing where suddenly somebody's all gung-ho about the possibility of marriage with Lexi and Mal, where Mal was saying, like, we should just leave engaged. What do you think about that? I think Mal has no intentions of getting back with Yoli. <laughs> Zero. And I think Mal wanted to firmly plant that flag in Team Lexi's court to kind of like cement their position. I don't think Mal means the words that are coming out of Mal's mouth. <laughs> you know, like, I think it was one of those scenarios where like, I'm picking you. At the end of this, wrapped in, I want to marry you, you know? I also think that we'll get into this later about Lexi and Ray's position in all of this. Because I do think Lexi was being a little too dramatic in episode four. A little too aggressive. Just a little bit. Just a little bit, Lexi. I'm still in your fan club, Lexi. I'm still number one fan. Just a tad bit aggressive. Because this argument kind of comes forth of Ray and Vanessa spent some quality time together, if you know what I mean. Wow, chicka, wow, wow. And, yeah, exactly. And Ray 
for some reason, immediately tells Lexi. Immediately, like, sends her a text, like, I just did this, that, and the other. And... I don't think it's a crime in this show, because that's what the show is, to sleep with another person. Previously, in our other podcast about The Bachelor... This is the same fantasy suite situation, almost, right? It's not that you can't sleep with other people in the fantasy suite, but if you want the relationship that you eventually pick the best chance for success, either you don't say a word about what happened in the fantasy suite or don't do anything in the fantasy suite. Those are your options. You don't need to spill the beans. And Ray made the fatal mistake of saying what happened in the fantasy suite in the ultimatum version, you know? Because I don't think... I think Lexi could have gone through this experience not knowing about the very, very detailed descriptions about what Ray did with Vanessa. You know, what do you think, Deja? I think that this is really similar to something we saw earlier on with Ray, where once the couple start talking... She goes and tells Lexi, oh, by the way, I have a connection with Vanessa. So there is this way that Ray is, it feels codependent, their relationship, Ray and Lexi. It doesn't feel like either of them has stopped thinking about the other at any point that they've been here. And in one sense, like, of course, you should be thinking about your partner, your ex, um, throughout this process because you're missing them. You were just in a years-long relationship but they are using each other to define their decisions and their opinions. And they're not, I don't feel like Lexi is operating as Lexi and Ray is operating as Ray. It's like they're operating as each other. No one's being themselves. Except that no one's being Lexi very much does want to hook up with Mal and it's going to happen at some point in this season, without a doubt. It's going to feel like revenge, but they're going to have fun. So I was surprised that there wasn't more smooching earlier in this show, um, unless it's Netflix editing. You know, they're just they're just now showing the smooching that's happening because um, there was a lot of smooching, a lot of smooching in this episode. Um, but do, Deja, if you were in this scenario, do you say what happened with your trial partner? What would you do? If I'm in this scenario, I think a past, more foolish Deja would have been like, well, I need to be open and honest. (laughs) Well, Deja, you have religious trauma and you feel a need to confess. Actually, keep that to yourself. You can deal with that three weeks from now if and when you have to. But I would keep it to myself. At that point, if I'm supposed to act as though this person is my spouse, then you don't need to know what's going on in my bedroom. That's that. Mm, you don't need to know. Um, speaking of the bedroom, Xander and Yoli get to know each other in the bedroom. Xander is a massage therapist and does the massage move that I've seen so many times. <laughs> Not to say that Vanessa has no game, but Xander may be like in the no game category too. After this, I was like, "Ah, oh, of course, come on, it's 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 textbook. 
everyone has that move, Xander. Come on. Be more smooth. Especially with y- with Yoli being so forward, being like, let's let's get this cracking, you know? Here's the thing. As someone who is currently dating a successful, I can give you a massage on the first date. If it the works, works never... Here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is actually welcome to the welcome to the decoding reality advice column. That move will work under one and only one condition. You have to actually be good at the massage. That's it. If you're not actually good at it, uh-huh. pack your bags. But if you're good at it, <laughs> congratulations. So, I'm going to say Xander might be corny, but I think they're right now sitting with one of the most attractive people in the season and they're having a grand old time together. Really? Yoli's your number one? I think Yoli's absolutely gorgeous, yeah. For sure. Interesting. And Xander's just smiled their way right into that. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, okay. I will say nothing. <laughs> but um, this is really interesting because the last portion of this episode four has a group date, but like the but the groups are separated. There is group A, which consists of Xander, Mal, Ray, uh, Sam, and Mildred. They all hang out with each other and get drinks. And then there's Group B, which consists of Vanessa, Lexi, Yoli, Tiff, and Aussie. And obviously, these groups are not set up to be friendly. Because in the first group is Andrew Malray, Sam Mildred. We learned a lot about Vanessa. Number one, Vanessa throws ramen down the bathroom sink. Red flag. Gross. Gross. And... Mildred says that Aussie is very avoided. And Sam confirms this. But more importantly, Mal hates Xander and is very suspicious because Xander is with Yoli. And during this discussion, as they're talking, they are dragging Vanessa's name through the mud. Xander is catching heat for Vanessa's actions when Xander wasn't even involved. Which is so wild. Deja, what did you think of this little group date scenario? I think this was hilarious and sad. Because I felt like Xander was only in the position they put themselves in. Had they not stepped up from the start to be like, no, 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 I have to defend them. That's like my person at the end of the day. Had they not taken that responsibility in the first place, I don't think the group would press them as much about Vanessa's behavior. But I also think some of that interaction was just Mal giving Xander too hard of a time, especially when it came down to Xander not having critiques about Yoli. This is where I lost all sympathy for Mal in their relationship with Yoli because they were insulted that Xander did not have complaints. They insisted, oh, the only reason you don't know how bad she is is because you haven't spent more time with her. Let the person I think should marry me go on TV and say, oh, you should have more bad things to say about my partner. Let them do that and watch the end of our relationship. 
You shouldn't be trying to pull out and beg for a chance to humiliate this person you claim to love and to share and joy over all of the issues with them. That's That doesn't work for me, Mal. Definitely not. Well said. Well fucking said. Because I'm always like, I always watch these shows like, wow, they really do not like your partner. And, and on national television international television you're saying this about your partner jesus man like even if you respect them a little bit just a little bit don't put them through all that you know wild wild but anyway um let's go to group b which is destined to have trouble which consists of vanessa lexi yoli tiff and ozzy ozzy's just watching a tennis match back and forth because Lexi is just throwing them at Vanessa and Vanessa's just trying to defend herself. And this is when Lexi lets Vanessa know that Ray told her about everything. And it's one of the cardinal sins of reality TV. Don't talk about it. You you really don't have to. And Lexi knows the dirty, dirty details. And uh, I want to say that I understand why Lexi is upset because, yeah, that's your partner. I think, why aren't you more upset with Ray, who is also a person who made that decision between two consenting adults? You know, I don't think Vanessa has enough game to, like, put on the feminine wiles and, like, manipulate Ray. You know what I mean? Like, they both made that decision, as far as we know. So, like, the heat was a little intense, in my humble opinion. Did you think it was intense too, Deja? Yeah, I definitely felt like Lexi was making a mistake of thinking that because I think this person's intentions aren't pure, they can't do anything. But ultimately, even if you don't like Vanessa, even if they are not that into each other, Vanessa and Ray can decide to have consensual sex. <laughs> that That is also a possibility in this world. Um, and I think there was an escalation when, you know, Lexi says, are you sexually attracted to Ray? And Vanessa says no. And that definitely made things kind of pick up and get angrier. But shocker, you still are allowed to have consensual sex with people you are not attracted to. And I also felt like the emphasis on penetration was another kind of way of making it seem as though Vanessa did something to Ray. And it's just like you're erasing the fact that Ray had agency in this entire situation. You're deciding that everything Vanessa does is too helpless, sweet Ray. And I don't think that's necessarily fair. Go for Vanessa all you want, but like, I just didn't feel really honest about what this interaction was. I think it's also kind of messed up to... uh, how do I say this? Now? I'm trying to be as nice as possible to Vanessa because I'm not a fan, but I'm not trying to drag your mud name in the mud forever. You know, it's just there's a point. Number one, why would you outwardly say this could be Netflix editing? It could be. Are you attracted to Ray? No. Are you romantically interested in Ray? No. Even if that is true. 
Give yourself the best chance of success and lie. You can you can lie. It's okay. It's a reality show. There more people have lied in the past. It's fine. At least cover your tracks at the very least. Because Ray will watch this one day. Ray will watch this one day. And I don't and if that's true, why did you pick Ray to begin with? Is because Lexi said no? Did you want to piss off Lexi? Because I'm sure if Vanessa picked someone else, they would have been happy to, you know, figure this out. You know what I mean? Like, why did Vanessa choose Ray if this is the case, Stacia? I think that Ray and Vanessa, in a strange way, do compliment each other in the sense that Vanessa is so fake. She is just (laughs) pretending to be into this. And as long as she keeps all that energy and all that pretending up... Ray doesn't seem to mind just being like, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, you're good. Great. Yeah, I'm into this. The same way that with her very codependent relationship to Lexi, Ray just seems to kind of defer to her. Make sure you're informing her. Make sure you're keeping Lexi in mind. And we end in the episode with Lexi saying that after all of this, she has to try to understand why Ray would trust Vanessa. And again, it's like, you're ending this episode and even now, you're living in the other person's head. You're not even in your own mindset. You're not even, how do I feel about this? You're trying to figure out how in their head they could trust someone. You're doing mental gymnastics at that point. And Ray doesn't really have to think much. And they don't have to think much next to Vanessa being fake because she's already decided the character. Oh, oh my gosh. And that's where we'll end the recap. Deja, what are your predictions for the next batch of episodes in The Ultimatum Queer Love? I honestly think we're going to get a lot more therapy speak. Um, I think that Mal is going to just, wow, be a problem. Uh, I checked their Instagram. They are a Virgo sun, a Capricorn moon, and a Cancer (laughs) Venus. And for anyone that that means anything to, we're in for some trouble. And I do think that we're also going to end with many people in relationships, no one in the one they started with. What do you think we're going to end with? No one? No one. You think everyone's going to switch? Everyone. Everyone will uh, will either switch or break up, for sure. Okay. I think Ozzy will go back to Sam. I think they'll stick together. That's my most likely will stick together. Because Ozzy and Mildred, not going to happen. Mildred, or uh, uh, Sam and Tiff, definitely not going to happen. So I think Ozzy and Sam will end up together. (sighs) Other than that, Vanessa and Xander, not happening. Xander is going to be with Yoli. I really think that's going to happen. I think Lexi will choose Ray, but Mal will choose Lexi. And there'll be confusion there as far as people sticking together. And those are my predictions. You said Yoli was your favorite. Lexi is my favorite. Ride or die with Team Lexi. (laughs) You know, as far as having their head screwed on, I'm with Lexi. As far as Cher just looking pretty, I'm with Yoli. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) And that 
is going to bring us to the end of this week's episode of Decoding Reality. Please, as a reminder, you can find more episodes of this very podcast at decodingreality.tv. And please email us with your predictions, your comments, your questions about our thoughts about the episode. You can email all of those at decodingtv at gmail.com. And please find us on TikTok at tiktok.com slash at decodingreality. Deja, where can people send their complaints to? <laughs> people can find me on all platforms at Deja Talks TV. So that's TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and probably some other stuff as well. Where can people find you, Justin? Uh, I will be issuing the ultimatum wherever toys are sold at Twitter, Instagram, and on TikTok at Freddy's Roommate. We will see you next week for next week's episode of Decoding Reality. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.